Cool. Thank you guys for attending the We Give One Ten <laughs> podcast or episode number two with Rafael Morales. All right, guys, here, we're here with uh, Rafael Morales with John Wright Roofing. He also owns his own company with uh, Rafael Morales Roofers. Is that right? Yeah, Morales Roofing. Morales Roofers. Roofing. And uh, I'm excited about this interview. Uh, Rafael is one of the hardest working individuals I've known. Uh, and that says a lot, right? That says a lot of, of his character. Um, Rafael actually helped me launch MVP Local which is something that was my baby back about four, five years ago. Um, it was something that, 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 that I put my entire life savings into and he treated that business as his own. So uh, our relationship, our connection, um, it, it, it dates back all the way back to high school. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We're gonna talk about what he does now uh, with John Wright Roofing and where he's going to go in the future. So appreciate you guys joining us today, and let's go ahead and dive into the to the to the interview, the conversation. So <laughs> appreciate you. First, Gary. first things first. Let's uh, let's kind of give everybody the audience. Let's give them a vested interest as to why why they even need to listen to this interview. Um, where 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 we have common ground with our audience, and it all started for me back when I was teaching you in high school. Oh yeah. And so I was transitioning from Nimitz High School to Singley Academy, and uh, it was an unknown, right? I was in IT. I was going back into the classroom, and there we were. I was walking into sixth period, and there there's Rafael Morales. <laughs> um, you know. This wet behind the ears. Uh, Ronnie Phillip was in that class. Kevin Myra, Sorto, Kevin Sorto, yeah. and uh, a bunch of uh, other other individuals. But these guys really uh, stood out to me, uh, primarily because um, you know they they just took a belief in me, and, and 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 they gave me faith into the process that I was trying to instill into them. So the first question that I have for you is. When you were in that position, when you were in class, what really shifted your mindset? Like, was it one thing? Was it multiple things? What, what really shifted your mindset to go on a different path? Like, talk about what path you were on at that point. Talk about, did you even desire to go to college? Like, was that in, your, was that in the forecast, plan? uh-huh. in your plans? Um, talk a little bit about that. Well, really, shifting my mindset I think it was just coming from a different angle I, I think somebody really putting you or pushing you to challenge yourself in a way where a lot of the other teachers didn't really challenge you um, great teachers I mean it's just that the challenging that you were the way that you were challenging us was a little bit different it was more in the sense of like if you don't know how to do it go figure out I don't like how to do it um, you know and I think what really you know shifted that mindset was when you know you, you read to us about a business book uh rich dad what is it rich dad poor dad rich, yeah, dad, poor rich dad. dad poor dad um where you talked about having a business plan we talked about marketing where you talked about registering a business itself um and i remember one of the uh one of the uh, uh projects that you gave us is actually making a business and you know me and kevin were talking you know uh, kevin was in the pallet business still is in the pallet business and at that time, I was in the roofing business. You know, coincidentally, I'm still in the roofing business. Um, so we created, uh, what, is, what do we do? Roofing and pallets. 
that's the only thing we we knew and that's the only thing we know you know um and that's the, one of the things that shifted our mindset where like hey you know we're being challenged in a certain way and at the same time we were also starting to sell t-shirts back in high school so so just to give you guys sorry to interrupt no, no, just no, yeah. give you guys a kind of a backdrop to uh to the class what i what i what i was teaching was this business management yeah um and that was a class that rafael and uh kevin were in and uh <laughs> and you they, know what's crazy we took it we didn't want to take it at first but we took it because that was the only uh what's it called the only uh elective elective that was available and you're like hey you know like, we were just some cocky kids we we're like hey you know we're gonna take it just for fun and like we didn't really know what we were gonna get ourselves into <laughs> and it ended up being the best class we ever took you know so it's, it's so, so it's pretty cool how fate works and how things have transitioned up to this point um, but yeah, man, like that's it's pretty cool. Yeah, so they they came to me with this idea, this brilliant idea. Hey, we we love and we're inspired by what you've been teaching in your class, and we we want to make a stand here at uh, the academy. I remember when Raphael said, "Hey, I'm going to become the the president of our senior class." class. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and that actually came true, right? Yeah. And so. And so their brilliant idea, and it was brilliant, by the way, uh, was to sell T-shirts to the senior class. And yeah. so that was a big part of what you guys did in, did in the class. What was the uh, total amount you guys ended up It was raising? like six or $7,000 on just profit, profit on selling T-shirts. And, and what was really cool about it is that, you know, we were old-fashioned. We took the orders by, you know, a pen and pencil, and like, we were literally asking the students, um, hey, like, do you want to buy this shirt? And, like, we would show them a sample of the shirt, and they would like it. So we took a pre-order of the shirt. We were like, hey, like, so what size are you? Okay, medium, like it'll be available next month because we needed like a certain amount to buy to be able to, to like get that bulk discount. Um, and we ended up making like $7,000. Like, uh, I mean, it was a one-time hit. We, we uh, tried doing another shirt, they didn't work out, but I mean, we like took the wave and went with it. Um, and so then, that, was, that was just an awesome experience for me because I think a lot of times as teachers, oh, yeah. we get stuck in the knowledge mode. And we were talking about that just a minute ago about how you can get stuck reading books. You were yeah. talking about, you know, I read 50 books last year. And, and, uh, and, and that was just one of my key components of what I try to teach. Look, if you're not applying and learning it, if you're not executing on that knowledge, then you're not gaining or moving forward with whatever you're trying to trying to do, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if you get stuck in if you get stuck in the learning curve and don't really get past that curve, um, it's it's a very dangerous situation because you're learning a lot but you're not really applying it. Um, so it's not really the same as applying and actually learning in the real world. Um, it, like it all goes back to really getting down and dirty, which a lot of people reference to that phrase of getting real down and dirty and doing the actual work and getting, you know, uh, putting your, your uh, hands on the thing that you're actually trying to, uh, what's the word I'm trying to get? Trying to build, trying to, trying to accomplish, trying yeah. to build, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, it was a real interesting time because we were so used to, uh, you know, to teachers telling us, hey, go to college, hey, you know, we're, we're, you're, you know, like you're gonna get good grades, you gotta, you know, get good SAT scores and whatnot. And then, so you give it like a different perspective. College wasn't really in my mind. Um, I was the first college graduate in my family, like first one. Like my grandparents awesome. go to college, my parents didn't go to college. Um, none of my older cousins went to college. So, so it was a very difficult time. Uh, at that time I was uh, studying engineering. So, so I was in the first floor. And then your class was in the third or second floor, third floor actually. Um, and that's when it shifted my perspective. I was like, hey, maybe I don't really like engineering. You know, maybe I want to go into the business. 
And yeah, like ever since that point, it really pivoted me to going towards, you know, business. Um, and here I am doing more business. Doing more <laughs> business. So yeah, it's this, like that's the vested interest. Like that's where Raphael and I, I cross paths by fate, like oh, you were yeah, saying. Yeah. Uh, it was meant to be because, you know, I saw something in Raphael and I saw something in Ronnie Phillip and I felt like those are the type of guys I want to build a team around. Oh, yeah, right? without a doubt. And so, you know, when I first started MVP Local, you were the first one that I thought about. And I was like, I got <laughs> to call him on the phone. You know, he understands the millennials. He understands oh, yeah. what I'm trying to do. He understands technology. And so let's, let's kind of shift. You graduated from UTA, first one in your family. You graduated from UTA uh, with an international business, business degree. Yeah. And uh, one class is German, one class is Mandarin, both drop. Very <laughs> difficult. Don't do it unless you're like, you know, do it if you can. Uh, me, I was in a very tight schedule. I just, I just didn't have the time. And so Raphael was actually doing that while he was helping us launch MVP yeah. Local. And so that, that, that shows his character, the commitment, um, the belief in what we were trying to build at the time. Um, and, and just talk a little bit about that experience, what, how it shaped you. Um, how it opens your eyes up to, to different opportunities. Uh, talk a little bit about your experience with MVP Local. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I was a very, I, would, I wouldn't say shy kid, but it really pushed me to be more of an extrovert. Um, you know, really going out to, you know, how we had that, uh, what is that, that fair that we had here in Irving, where we had to go talk to the business owners. Right. Like, hey, you know, we have this app available for you that where you can actually, you know, create more awareness for your business. So it was very, very pushing me outside of my comfort zone. And I mean, I still use that till this day. You know, when I go door knocking, when I go canvassing, when I, when I do cold calling, you know? Um, it also instilled in me a very disciplined manner on how, how I carry my, myself and, and use my time. Back in the day, I mean, I would wake up at 3 a.m. and I would text Carrie, hey, so-and-so thing didn't get fixed on MVP Local, we gotta go do this, this, and this. And then I would do my schoolwork, and then I would go to work, and then I'd go back to school, and then focus on MVP Local. So, so I was very restricted in my time, um, but it instilled in me a very, what's the word, grit, where like you don't you don't give up till you get the job done, you know, where you don't stop till you get the actual task that you're trying to accomplish done. Exactly. Um, so that that really reinforced that, and I still use it till this day, you know, when I'm giving out estimates to customers, when I tell them, hey, I'll have this by so and so date, you know, sometimes I stay up till 12 or 1 a.m and I get up at five or 6 a.m., you know? So it's one of those situations where that's what I use, and that's what it just instilled in me. So it's pretty cool. And, and so I'm gonna poke the bear a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. And so, <laughs> and so during that time, uh, you were going to college, you were working full time, yeah. you were launching MVP Local. What, what did the parents think about you launching MVP Local, and how did, how did your dad see some of the things that you envisioned in your life being different than, than what he grew up doing, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, my, my dad is very old-fashioned. He's, uh, you know, go to work, get up, you know, get up at 4 or 5 a.m., go to work, go to bed, and that's it. You know, he really didn't really ask me. My mom was the one that was really pushing me, asking me questions, like, hey, like, what's MVP Local? So I like, had to explain to her in Spanish, you know, and it's very difficult to translate something that you're barely making into something and then try to explain it to her. And she's like, oh, okay. And like she'll ask me and like she would really understand it, but she knew that I was getting involved in my community. So me, I, back in the day, I wasn't really involved. Like I wasn't involved in communi my community. Uh, I wasn't really involved in nonprofits. I, I did get involved for like after school programs or to raise points because you needed something to graduate and so on and so. But 
it, I, I don't want to say it was a selfish, but it was in a very unselfish way that I grew that part of me. Because I started doing, I started serving my community more unselfishly. Like, I didn't want things in return. I just wanted to help you out. And, you know, my mom started seeing that. She's like, oh, you really, you know, you're coming home late. And like, oh, it's because I was helping so-and-so with stuff. You know, I was helping raise money for this nonprofit. Or I was talking to this nonprofit about a better way to fundraise money. Or I was talking to this business about a better way to market themselves. How to reach out to more customers outside of their radius and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she, she, she was just happy as long as I wasn't, you know, not finishing school or dropping out or, you know, failing my classes. Um, but it was tough, man. Sometimes, like, you know, I only had, you know, one or two days to study for a test and I would really cram in. Um, but it wasn't me cramming because I was out partying. It's because I was working. I was trying to build something with you. Right. Um, so she, 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 like, appreciated that. She, she, she really appreciates you as a person, you and your family. Because, like, you guys really helped me out. Because then I... I one of the, sorry to interrupt no, yeah, again, but one of the uh, greatest things that I remember doing is going actually supporting the families, like six families oh, at the warehouse yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, And uh, we show up and and the whole deal is to raise money for a church yeah. that they were building yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. And so one of the things that I brought was, uh, it was actually a, a, an angel. Yeah. It was a tie from my granddad. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is special. Oh, yeah. This is special to me. Oh, yeah. And uh, what you guys are doing is special for what you're trying to build in Mexico, and I want to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. And so that that was so much fun. Oh, no, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I need to go back and, and have some more enchiladas. <laughs> if you ain't prepared You didn't want to eat. You, you, I did not want to yeah, eat. Yeah, you didn't want to eat. you don't go, you don't to, go. A, to, a, to a Mexican party exactly. and, and not eat. Yeah, you get in trouble. Because women, they will whip you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to eat. You look skinny. You're like, <laughs> but uh, this this had a blast. Like I think that was the greatest takeaway from MVP Local. It wasn't so much my 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 failures on the mobile app side. It was the success that I had instilling in my own self to go out and serve somebody. In oh me, yeah, without right? a doubt. I mean, throughout that process, I mean that's that's really what I learned. You know, really serving somebody, really serving your community, um, whether it's financially or just being there. You know, I mean, sometimes just being there is the best thing you can do as a person. To help somebody, you know, help them with their costs, whether it's a business venture or whether it's a nonprofit venture. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 was a very important thing for my family. And like a lot of my friends and family still remember you. They'd be like, "Oh, hey, where's Carrie?" Or "Hey, where's that white guy?" You know, <laughs> he was literally the only white guy that went into that event. Everybody else is Hispanic. Um, so it's so it's pretty cool, and, and it's very ballsy, I want to say, you know. But at the same time, you got to be ballsy to make a, a difference in people. And I I feel like that's that's very cool. And I, I think we need that more than anything right now. Oh, wouldn't you yeah. agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, on the political climate and everything that's going on right now, it's just like when you have the mindset of I want to serve with nothing in return, then the value that you put back into that relationship, you, you might be planting the seed. You might oh, yeah. not ever help them again. Oh, yeah. But you've planted a seed in them. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I feel like if you plant that seed, it's just following up. You know, sometimes sometimes people might be going through the hardest times in their lives and they don't show it, you know. And I feel like if you plant that seed and you just follow up, hey, man, how are you? It's like send them a text once a month. I mean, that itself will really make a difference. Um, and especially now with the, I mean, with the climate change, political climate change that we have right now going on, it's just I feel people need to be more united than ever. Um, it's just that, you know, there's a division there that needs to be addressed, but at the same time, 
community is a community, you know, and, and that's what we stand for at the end of the day. Okay, so let's shift into a, a couple of different areas. So let's talk about the struggles that you've been through. Oh, um, snap. And, and you can get personal or you can, <laughs> this can be straight uh, business, but nah, let's, just kidding. <laughs> let's, uh, let, let, let's, let's talk about the struggles that you've been facing internally or externally. And we all go through those struggles, right? Oh yeah. You just talked about it. You might be in a difficult time. I was in a difficult time oh, when, yeah, that, when yeah. I was having to shut MVP local down, um, when I was running those const construction companies and shutting those businesses down yeah. and really just trying to find my place in the world, right? Oh, yeah. I loved teaching and coaching. I was really great at teaching and coaching. Um, I would say that that's probably my number one skill set is no, to teach yeah. and coach and train. But when I went out into the business world, I had to make a shift and I went through a lot and I went through a lot emotionally. And so talk a little bit about some of the struggles you've had internally, whether it's I've fought depression or anxiety or I've had relationship issues. Talk a little bit about some of those struggles mm. and how they've shaped you. Maybe maybe taught you how to push through those obstacles and barriers. Talk a little bit about that. I think the main struggle that I've had, so my family, so I'm the first generation. I'm first generation. I was born here. My parents, my mom came with the work visa. I mean, travel visa. She, you know, overstayed and whatnot. My dad actually crossed the river. Um, me being the firstborn, first generation, everything. It, it, it's a very difficult. It's very difficult understanding of what that person goes through. Um, you literally have to translate everything for your parents very early on. You know, um, your expectation of success is up here. You know, college, high school. Um, so that was a very, very, very difficult struggle. Um, having the uh, balancing of whether you're doing stuff for yourself or you're doing stuff for your family, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like it's your life. You want to, for example, you have parents that expect you to be a doctor, but you're passionate about art, you're passionate about history, and you know, and, and that's still the type of balance that a lot of people face that are, you know, whether they're minorities or whether, you know, who or whoever you are, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Man, that's just a lot. I mean, not a lot. It's not, they're not heavy struggles in the outside world, but to you might be very heavy struggles, you know? So it's no, very definitely. difficult to explain. Well, to me, to me, it's like a cultural deal. Right? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, what, 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 what is your family accustomed to? Oh, yeah, exactly. And what does the work life look, look like for them? And oh, yeah. where do you focus your time, like you were saying? Oh, yeah, and, without a doubt. I mean, it, it, it's just you feel, you feel lost in a certain way. Um, when you, for example, for me, like getting into college or applying to college, I didn't know how to do that. Like I had friends that their parents were helping them out. Oh yeah, like I'll take care of the fast. So to me, it's like, I needed to figure it out. I didn't know how to fill out the form with my parents' tax forms. You know, I didn't know how to apply. I didn't know about vouchers where, or like, I didn't know you had to pay to apply to a college. You don't even see that money <laughs> back, you know? So it, so it was a very strange time. Um, luckily, I mean, you know, got UTA, full ride of UTA, got money, you know, paid back to me, paid for my, paid for my books, paid for my transportation. Um, it's just, it, it's a very strange time. Um, what else? A struggle. Um, think, a stru about, think about uh, a struggle, your like, like a struggle within my own community as well. You know, it's like, for example, me that I'm a contractor, like where I'm a general contractor now, you know, it's like I grew up doing the actual labor side of stuff. I mean, I started roofing when I was 10 years old. You know, and now that I sell the jobs, now that I'm the jefe, you know, a lot of my cousins see me as like, oh, you kind of... For all you uh, bilingual, non-bilingual <laughs> people, jefe is boss, that's boss. boss, man. That's boss, man. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but it's like you feel like you feel like some certain like a certain separation you know when you're part of the group they include you in you grab a couple beers you talk to the guys but me being the boss like i have to go fill out paperwork i gotta go get permits gotta go get more jobs you know you gotta put food on the table for these guys um so that's also been a struggle for me now you know Different responsibilities. Oh, yeah, different responsibilities. It, it just now, puts now, you now you're having to make payroll. Oh now yeah, exactly. Pay, now now, now, now you're having to make sure their families like, are taken. I got a job for Monday and Tuesday, but how do I get another job for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and Saturday? You know, and it's like that's the struggle that I'm facing with now. But back in the day, yeah, I mean, and then also my biggest, my biggest, 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 biggest struggle is um, my relationship with my dad. You know, that's the been the one that always gets me. Um, but I've just learned to cope with that. I mean, that's just one of those things where his dad didn't show much emotion to him, so he's not going to show much emotion to me. But I, I know for me, just, I think it was just that generation. Oh like no, my, yeah. My, my, my pops is the same way, and like, don't ever go into business with pops because yeah. <laughs> you got to keep them separate. Um, by yeah, the way, yeah. so um, yeah, for, for like for example, my jobs, like me and my dad. So he does the actual labor side, and I and I do a lot of paperwork. I talk to the homeowner and everything. Um, but if I need to be, I'll, I'll get on the job. And do the work it's just that he had a hard time understanding that he's not the boss anymore i'm the boss like whatever the, at the end of the day the customer is the boss you know right it's just i'm just shifting the information to from them to me to them and and i got to communicate that hey the homeowner wants so-and-so things installed this way and he had a hard time understanding that but my mom was there she was like, oh you better listen to him he's the boss now you know <laughs> so that's that's how that sh- i mean honestly if it wasn't for my mom a lot of things wouldn't be at if I, I wouldn't be at if it wasn't for my mom or I wouldn't be, you know, having this success if it wasn't for you. Me. You can see the affection if you ever see, oh, see yeah. Raphael's social mom. media. It's, just like, <laughs> it's always him poking his mom, oh, and yeah. like Follow sneaking up on her. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now this shifting into into kind of what you're doing now. Oh yeah. So we talked a little bit about you know back in high school, kind of where it started, kind of the shift to college, kind of your thought process of, of, of wanting to build and do things above and beyond uh-huh. what, what, what your family was accustomed to, 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 to doing as a career, right? Oh, yeah. Now you're back into roofing. You're oh, right yeah. back to where you started. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about your successes. Let's talk about, you know, uh, from, from college, graduating college, now moving into, you, you were telling me you were like the lead sales guy? Yeah. I'm getting there. I don't want to say lead, but I'm getting there. You're I mean, getting there? I'm only 25 years old, and, like, I'm always looking for the next sell. Like, I'm always trying to provide a better quality service for, for the next customer, you know? Um, it's a lot of competition out there in the DFW area. It's just that I think I separate myself from a competition because I grew up in roofing. I mean, like, I actually, you know, installed shingles. I lifted up those bundles. Um, when I was a little kid, my dad would tell me, hey, go, go, go knock at the neighbor's door and see if they want a new roof. And there goes a 10-year-old kid knocking on the door. He's like, what are you knocking on my door for? And, like, it was just cool. I mean, that's – and then I'm slowly trying to transition into commercial. I'm trying to get better and bigger at what I do. Um, and so that's also been a struggle now. You know, it's like how do I level up to that point where I start taking on projects for, like, for example, like, you know, for apartments. How do I take on projects for, like, new construction, you know? Um, but it's all – part of the curve you know it's like you gotta you gotta go through the struggle and take it in the chin sometimes and just keep moving forward but still always keep in mind the customer because at the end of the day the customer is the boss um so that's been a struggle but throughout college i mean you know i i also did uh bubble soccer you know i actually applied my degree i you know i called china up like a factory in china at 2 a.m i was like hey i need to order these inflatable suits how can i get them you know and i used my money from school 
and I invested into it and you know made more money paid for my study abroad program um, and then MVP local so and yeah. so for all you guys out there like when you sit there and, and, and complain or you put the blame on somebody else or oh, yeah. or you think somebody else is gonna do it for me I think the greatest thing that I learned from observing you guys of doing the t-shirts and doing the bubble soccer and being a part of that and launching MVP local and and, and, and having that same mindset, right? Oh, you yeah. have to go out and produce. You have to go out and make things happen. You can't expect to build something and hope that people are gonna show up for it, right? Oh, no, you yeah, You have yeah. to take that out and you have to be excited about it. You have to... You, like, you have to be your biggest fan. If if you don't love yourself or if, you got, if, if you're not your biggest fan, it shows. People won't wanna do business with you. You're very negative in a way. Um, you know, you're not excited for what you do. And don't get me wrong, you might get by a couple months, couple years, but at the end of the day, it's going to get to you. You're, you're not going to like what you do, and it's going to hit you. For example, for me, like, like I, I, I have my routine set up where I stretch, I go run, you know, I drink my coffee, I read, and I get excited, I get pumped, you know, whether you play a, play a song, you know, and then you just get in the moment. Um, and I feel like that's where I get excited when I, when I know I can pro, you know, produce more, when I know I can provide a better service, where I know that I'm producing for my guys, for my cousin, for my family, for my dad, you know? Um, and I feel like that's, that's, that's just instilled in me. And I also learned that from you as well. You know, you getting up early, for, you know, trying to provide for your family, the risks that you took to invest into MVP Local, um, you know, and like the, the, the stories that you talk about your dad and then what your dad would tell me before. Um, so it's, it's just, it's a lot of information and, and honestly, it's just taking it and going with it. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was a life experience, right? Oh, I yeah. Guess it's the journey part we've been talking about. Um, you know, fate fate would have it that I'm now working for a company that launched um, back in 2015 when we were starting MVP Local. Oh, yeah. And to, to see some of the stuff that we're doing as a company, uh, how they support nonprofits, how they help small businesses leverage frameworks and systematize their marketing, uh, to get their word out, their word oh, of yeah. mouth out, and it's 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 all coming full circle for me, you know. But along the journey, I was fighting some of that stuff, right? I mm -hmm. was fighting what what should I be doing, you know? At what point did you decide, okay, I need to go back into roofing, oh. and this is this is the vision I have for my future. This is where I want to take my family. So talk a little bit about not now. We've talked about the past. We've yeah. talked about the present. Talk about the future. Talk about the where you're going. The shift for me, so I graduated college 2017. I was walking the stage and I was excited. And then the next day I was like, okay, what the hell am I going to do now? <laughs> like, I was like, I went to the job fair. I, I mean, I, I didn't get lucky. I wasn't prepared at all. So I had never been in the job fair. You know, I didn't know how to prepare myself. Um, but by that point, I was already graduating. So I was like, well, shit. And I was still working for John Wright Industries. So I was like, you know what? The best thing I could do is just invest in what I know. And I just took it from there. Um, where I see myself in the next couple of years, you know, it goes back to getting more into commercial, getting more into building or like building buildings, you know. Um, I do want to go back to school. I do want to get my master's, maybe my PhD. Um, you know, I just want to keep improving myself. I, you know, I'm only 25 years old. Um, the sky's the limit. But at the same time, I also feel like, you know, I want to move as fast as possible, but at the same time, be slow in a way. Um, I don't want to overstep myself and boom, you know, I, I don't give it my all in certain situations. I just read a quote right before we started the interview and it was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Oh, it's yeah. from pa Paul Coelho. Uh -huh. um, 
he wrote the Alchemist. Alchemist, yeah, yeah. I, I probably didn't pronounce his name right, but he, uh, he, he had a quote. I just saw it on one of my feeds in Instagram, and uh-huh. he talked about how we put off our time. Like, now's the time. Oh, now's yeah. Now's the time to act on the things that you want to do and mm-hmm. want to accomplish. And so I like what you just said about, you know, wanting to get things done now, but being calculated in your approach. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like... You got to move fast, but at the same time, be slow. It, it, it's a weird understanding. Like, for example, when you're making a sale to a customer, you want to present the information or you want to meet, be up to the customer as fast as possible. For example, if, if you get a call right now, you would wish you could be there like in an hour. So you would want to be, theoretically, you'd want to be there in an hour or else the, that customer's going to call somebody else that could be there in an hour. Um, so to me, I mean, I try to set it up the next day or, or if they call the office, I tell them, hey, just take the call and just you know, put it on the schedule. Like, it doesn't matter what time, what date, I'll be there. But you also got to be slow in, in the process of understanding that that homeowner might not be ready now, but it might be ready in, in two or three weeks. And so how do you plant that seed with them? Like, what what is your process of, of building that relationship with somebody that you don't even know? So I try to make it into a two-step process. If, if, if it's more than a two-step two step process, I'll give it at that. Like, I don't really care. I'll, I'll go 10 mean I'll, I'll go with 10 times. Um, but I always try to make it a two-step process. I don't like to close on the first day. Usually that's very difficult, but if you're good at selling and you can do it, and great. Um, but I try to build rapport at the first set out. I don't, I don't ask them, you know, uh, how much are you spending or how much blah, blah, blah. I, w- I always ask them about the roof, how long they're going to be thinking of living there. If, if something they could change about their home, what would it be? I just get to know them. If I see a sign from, a, from like a college or university, I ask them about that. Uh, football, soccer, I'm very knowledgeable about that, so I talk to them about that. Um, and then I just get feedback and then I come back another day and I talk to him more in detail and give him my presentation okay I can offer you this this and this for the budget that you have or if it's an insurance claim hey I'm gonna try to get you more money from the insurance to pay for so-and-so things whether it's building code upgrade or they missed on certain like specs from, like from the manufacturer um, so that's where I, I go and sometimes the homeowners you know they put you off but I think it's all about the follow-up yeah, but I, the thing that makes me a little bit different is that I'm not I'm not afraid to commit to to a sale that's not really a sale like a, like a potential customer. I'll go out there five or six times if I need to, and I'll try to close it because that's just the type of person I am. Um, I, I don't really because that one person could turn you on to. Oh yeah, job, without right? a doubt, without a doubt. But it's just like my my area is servicing. You know, it's like. You know, it's like I'm your waitress or waiter in a way where I come and service you as much as you need, and that's it. But at the end of the day, if they don't want to go with you, then they don't, they don't want to go with you, and they just want somebody else. Um, but I always try to service as much as possible. Um, obviously, there are certain situations where the homeowner might be an hour away, and it's like you try to close it over the phone. So that's when I use different tools and want to. So then I adjust to it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's. So fine. just pivoting back to to uh, the future aspect, oh, like. Yeah your aspirations of running your own company? Yeah, my, my future aspirations, well, I mean, running my own company or whatever God takes me in, in a roofing way, then I'll, then I'll take it. Uh, whether it's, you know, taking, you know, uh, helping John Wright grow John Wright Industries or me taking on Morales Roofing and then growing it from there. Uh, whether it's me working for another bigger company, then I'll also take that. Um, but I, my future aspiration is just growing as a person. Um, I did buy my first property you know, on, on January. I'm gonna rent that property out. 25 bought, years old, by the way. I mean, it's, it's okay, <laughs> 25 is okay. Man, I've met kids that are 18 already buying properties, which is crazy to me. But oh, hey, wow. more power to them. <laughs> um, 
And so, but what first are they part, using their mom's credit card? Oh, right? no, man. There's, there's, <laughs> they're, there's, they're hustling. They're freaking uh, school financial aid or something. I don't know, which is smart. Uh, but I'm thinking of buying another property here pretty soon. Um, so I do want to get into real estate. So, so me, I don't see doing roofing the rest of my life. I don't, I don't want to be in roofing. Or so. I, I want to have an exit strategy. So at some point in my life, I want to be like, look, I did roofing. I saved my money. I bought my properties, 20, 30 properties. I could live off of that. Like, I'm fine with that. You know, it's just now is the time for me to hustle. Right now, I'm 25 years old. I'm sharp. You know, I'm young. You know, like I, I need to get at it. I think I said that. Like back in class, I remember talking to you guys about like there's going to be a few of you that take action now. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I remember saying that to 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 like all my classes. Mr. Right? I mean, Carrie, you were you were the only guy that would tell us like I don't know shit. Like you go figure it out. You know, it's like some questions you couldn't answer because you didn't know. Right. But you would tell us go figure it out. We've never had a teacher tell us that. You know, we've never really had a teacher really be real with us in the sense of like I don't know the answer, but go figure it out. You know, and it's it's real. You know, when you had us call the um, secretary of state. secretary of state to follow the business or like look up a business name. I never had a teacher to tell me to do that. They usually like give you the form or you know how to, or they know how to do it already, you know? Um, so it was just cool. I mean, it was just a different perspective and that's instilled in me today. Like, I don't know something, I go out and figure it out. You know, there's people out there that think they know everything, but if you think you know everything, you're gonna fail. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna overstep yourself and you're gonna, you know, lay flat on your face. Yeah. Sometimes it's just good being real and letting people know, I don't know, but I'm gonna find out or, I'll get back and to you. And so we talked about that. Let's pivot back to that conversation earlier. We were talking about like your craftsmanship, like making sure that when you show up on the job and I make a mistake or, or my crew oh, or yeah. my contractors make a mistake, talk a little bit about how you handle that. So when I make a mistake, I take it in the channel and I let the homeowner know. When one of my guys makes a mistake, I'll bring it to their intention, but I still take the blame. Because at the end of the day, it's it's your job, you know, as a, as, a, as a contractor, as a project manager, or as a general contractor. Um, it's your job to make sure things go the right way. Um, but that's that's what I learned from you guys, from, you know, hanging out with Brandon, hanging out with you, hanging out with, uh, you know, John as well. We you just take it in the chin. Um, and I've just surrounded myself with people that have shown me that, like, hey, or with my dad, too. My dad, too, he makes mistakes, go, goes, or he doesn't make a mistake, or the guys make a mistake, he goes back and fixes it. Yeah. And, and that's what roofing taught me. You make a mistake, you go back and fix it. Right. And that's just how it is. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> uh, they're very embarrassing mistakes. <laughs> me too, but, me too. but it's all part of the process, you know? And it's sometimes you high nail, and you got to go back, turn off the shingle, so, put it on the line. So through through my process, I've learned to embrace failure. Like, oh, yeah. when I started looking at, like, the different mindsets and studying how people psychologically make certain decisions right you've got fixed versus growth mindset mm -hmm. and for me it was about fixing that fixing that uh mindset on how i address failure oh yeah like how do you look at failure when you hear the word failure you know society wants to tell you you are a failure so, right you 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 file bankruptcy yeah. you 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 fell at this business you fell at that relationship Society wants to tell you you're a failure, right? So how did you go about it? Like, how did you make that 180 switch when you were down in, in the well and you're like, how did you bring yourself up? Or what did you use to bring yourself up? And so that's that's when you gotta, when you gotta let your mess become your message, right? That's when you've got to reach out to somebody that's been in that situation to, to, to mentor you, to coach you out of it, right? Oh, yeah. And so for me, it was like 2018, I was shutting down and walking away from that construction company. After we started MVP Local, 
uh, transition after shutting the mobile apps down into working for Brandon with mm -hmm. Cornerstone Outdoors. And then from there, uh, went work with Brian uh, Sishon and started. Brian, uh, there we go. Started a little small. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> seven, seven, uh, be, believe seven enterprises. Yeah. And he's doing well and, and did an awesome job. But I, I just felt called to go go further. No, oh, yeah. And be more for myself. Um, and so I transitioned to working with Danny and learned a lot through that process. But. You know, I just knew long term it wasn't something that I wanted to do, and yeah. so 2018, you know, I'm walking away from uh, probably the closest friend of mine that I've ever had, and it, it wasn't pretty. It was something that I was having to deal with internally, oh, yeah. um, having to walk away from friends that I've had for a lifetime, um, ultimately to continue to pursue what I felt God God calling me to do, oh, yeah. right? And so, yeah, in 2018, I was shutting everything down and took the last bit of money that I had. Uh, at that time, we were moving into our new home that we're in Roanoke right now. And it was just like I had to, I had to figure out why I was making all these mistakes, right? And it was because I had that fixed mindset on failure. It was because when I looked at my failures, I started projecting that failure onto how I treated my own self internally, Ooh. my personal my personal self, yeah, right? I stopped investing into my health. I stopped investing into reading books. Yeah. I stopped investing into connecting with my family and I sedated and I would go out into the garage and I would just hang out with myself Yeah, because I felt like everybody else was distancing themselves. You and, were just there. And yeah. I was just there. I yeah. was just floating through existence. And so, yeah, that was a big struggle for me. You know, it was something I faced internally um, that was my internal struggle was connection with my family. So what made you get back or like what made you come up? Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, when, you, when you're in that pit, when you're deep down in depression, when you're financially unstable, mm. when, you know, especially financial, right? Oh, yeah. You know, until you're in a position where you're having to provide for five, five people, you know, three kids and a wife and trying to think about putting them through college and, and you just don't have the money to do it. And it puts a lot of pressure on you as 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 a man, as a husband, oh, yeah. um, just as a parent, right? And so, yeah, I was I was in that position, and, and what really brought me out of it is just shifting my perspective, shifting, and that's what I learned by going through the Wake Up Warrior Brotherhood, and uh, it was actually <laughs> actually a program that I did. It was a uh, uh, training program, training protocol that uh, I, I went through to rebuild my routines oh, to yeah. rebuild my systems in my life to go okay what's important to you well if 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 you're not investing back into yourself how can you invest back into other people yeah. so at that point i had to look at my own self and i had to go you're not invest you're deteriorating yourself so how do you ever expect to aspire to run businesses how do you expect to inspire other people that are in the same situation to go through what you've gone through. And so at that point, I had to see myself differently. And so at Wake Up Warrior Brotherhood, that's what they taught us. They taught us to look through a microscope and look through a telescope. Look 90 days out and say, who do I want to become? Oh yeah. And then once I define who I, I want to become, now you pull out that microscope and you start being very strategic. How am I going to accomplish this? Yeah. How am I going to lose 20 pounds? How am I going to connect with my wife? How am I going to start this business that I've always dreamt of, that I felt called to do? How am I going to follow through with that? You know, 
And, and, and that's when I had to start looking at my failures in a different way. I had to shift my perspective, which was a fixed mindset, to a growth mindset. And that is kind of what I talked about on my, uh, on my post today on Facebook, and that is you are becoming a legend every single day. You make that choice. Oh, where yeah. you invest your time, where you invest your energy, your mental capacity, how you give back into your local community, how you invest back into your relationships. So that was a big, big part of you know, what I'm trying to build now compared to what I was doing before is launching a mobile app, trying to make a little money, trying to start a business, right? Now it's more about how can I help people? Trying to leave a what, can I can, what can I contribute yeah. to the cause? You know, what is my cause? It's just like what you said, I wanna get back. Mm -hmm. I wanna get back my knowledge. I want to get back my expertise, and I want to get back my love, serve, and care. Like that's what makes me different than that's everybody are, else. Yeah. Is that I take a genuine interest in people's success. I take a genuine interest in in, in what they're doing, and you know, it's just, it's showing up for people, right? It's showing up when you're the only white guy. There you go, and, yeah. And 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 and, and, <laughs> and and serving a higher purpose, right? Yeah. A higher calling. I was called to be there, and. Uh, We've got to we've got to go down to Mexico sometime and visit the oh, church. Heck I yeah. uh, I, it's crazy because uh, it's like six families, you know. And like if you think about it, these six families from this small little ranch, population of less than two hundred people, you know, um, a lot of the people have have already immigrated over here. You know, they're already over here. A lot of people stayed over there. A lot of the older generations stayed over there. So it's like they came together, and it's and it's pretty cool what can, people that come together what, can, what they can have, like accomplish, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's nice. It, I mean, it's a nice church. So we thank you for your contribution. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It we we contributed, but not not enough. You know, it's oh, just yeah. like. Um, but like I said before, it's just showing up for people, right? It's being there in those moments, and 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 knowing when they're in that dark pit, knowing when they're in that spot. You've always been that to me. Oh yeah. And Ronnie was the same way, and I have a lot of close friends that reached out to me and and always checked up on me. But uh, that, that, that's what stuck with you. Like it was in, the, in, in those moments when I needed you to help me with MVP Local, you were there. It was like when I was going through the struggles of shutting it down, you didn't run away like everybody oh, else. Yeah, it's you were there. It's because I'm not the type to run away. Like I'm the type, if I see you struggle, like I want to help you. Like I'm right. not the type like, oh, sure, Paul, we figure it out. It's like, no, all right, well, how can I help you? You know, it's like, let me carry this weight with you, you know? And I mean, that's just how I am with anything, like in my personal life, my business life. You know, if a guy's carrying up 20 bundles up a ladder, hey, I'll, I'll carry 10, you carry the other 10. And that's how I go about it, you know? Exactly. I, don't, I, don't, I don't try to tell them, oh, that's your job. This is my job. You know, it's like, no, like, like, like let's get this job done. You know, get, get done early, go home. And that's how it is. Um, and that's just, and that, that instilled in me with you too, like early on in high school. Um, so it's it just, you know, different, different points of your life, you take it into you and then morph into who you are today. Um, and I'm just thankful to be surrounded, or I've been surrounded with people like you, people, other people that I've learned, other mentors as well, as well, um, where I've learned certain things like that, um, positive things. Because yeah, that's where I'm at now. So wh where do you see yourself going from this point forward, like like in the next five or ten years? So what, I, like like what you said, like fast and slow, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the the fast process is is getting out of my head and getting in front of a camera. And doing these interviews, Lazy right? <laughs> which, is, which, which is what, which is what, 
Raphael <laughs> and Ronnie have been telling me to do for, for, for about a couple of years it now. It's just like, take action. Check, so, out, check out his podcast. He just talks to himself. Like, come on, man. Get somebody on the interview. Get somebody on the interview. You're, no, so, so in the short term, it's just like, go do behind the scenes videography for hip hop artists because I had an opportunity to serve and learn, right? So it's, I'm still in the learning phase, which makes it exciting. Oh, hell yeah. Because now I get to take all this business knowledge. I get to take all of this experience and I get to put it and shape it in a way that there's opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. There's opportunity. And so in the short term, that's just where I see myself. In the long term, I see myself building a, a company again launching, um, you know, we give 110 in our training program, um, launching courses and, and, and doing consulting. I was a teacher and a coach and I can't yeah, walk it, away from it, that. It's, it's, yeah, it's who you are. I, I mean, can't walk yeah. away from that. And so as I start to think about the next business that I want to start, Consulting. as I start thinking about what I should be doing, I have to go back to what, what I know Your I'm roots. great at. Yeah. What, what I'm great at. And what me. I, you know, what, what great I'm great at is, is teaching and coaching. And I can facilitate and do that now because I've learned those skills. I've gotten the, the, the bumps on the knees. I've gotten uh, the, the, you know, I've gotten knocked down and I've had to get up eight times. Um, and so I, I've gone through those experiences, which have made me tougher in those situations. So yeah, I mean, short term is just like do the videographies, launch the podcast, mm -hmm. help small businesses with their with their marketing and sales, and um, and just see where that goes. So let me ask you this: Where do you see contractors lacking the marketing right now in this marketplace that we're in right now? I, th I think the personal connection, like it's capturing people's stories. Mm -hmm. Like what we're doing right here is exactly what that contractor needs to do with their customer and they need to let their customer do the selling for them, right? Oh yeah, tell their story, yeah. Tell their story. Yeah. So it, it's a part of learning what I've learned by going through ClickFunnels and working with them for the past year and a half and learning the frameworks that actually work in the business world, and right? So age. when we launched MVP Local, we lacked frameworks. We lacked mm -hmm. systems to generate the type of marketing that was going to generate leads and leads to sales, right? Yeah, it was close, very close like, old fashioned. It was very Go, <laughs> <laughs> Go meet this nonprofit and see if we can help them, right? Cold it was calling. just like, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to structure but the marketing. But it was cool. It was fun. It was, it was a good experience. But I mean, yeah, I mean, on the marketing side, you know, any contractor, any small business, it's, it's, it's capturing their customer's story. It's, it's retelling that story in a way that's going to build trust and consideration with your customers, right? Your potential customers, mm -hmm. your potential clients. And then also leveraging um, and, and, and knowing how to leverage social media, right? That's the future. That's, that's the future. That's where everybody's hanging out. I don't care if it's on Facebook. I don't care if it's on Snapchat. Twitter. I don't care if it's on Instagram, Twitter. Like there's a hundred different places that people congregate. So another part of I think what um, contractors lack and businesses lack is focusing, micro-focusing their attention on what type of customer do I want. You know, you can't have all of them and you don't want all of them. And sure. I think that's where a lot of contractors struggle. They'll go pick up any type of job when it should be focused on what type of, what type of customer, what is my dream customer? What do they look like? What do they like? You know, and then focusing on that and going after those type of clients. Why? Because you're going to eliminate some of the things that 
the clients that you don't want to work with that are greedy or that 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 just want it don't their want way or don't want to pay you you know you're not going to deal with as many of mm-hmm. those customers because you're going after that dream customer yeah. and so that's one thing that i've learned also with uh click funnels pay your contract <laughs> yeah that was off <laughs> that was off oh! <laughs> pay your contractor <laughs> pay your contractor yeah it went off earlier but no it's just uh it, it's 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 factoring in and, 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 and taking those concepts that I'm learning now and applying them and continuing to grow, like you said. Uh, I don't know it all. And another thing is not trying to do it all by yourself. Like oh, yeah. knowing what you're great at and then building that team around uh, a strategy or a concept or a business um, that everybody can benefit from, right? Um, that everybody can grow from, that everybody can contribute to. So that's just, that's just where I want to go in the future, and that's some of the things that uh, I see happening in, in, in the near present, right? It's just like, you know, when I finally made the decision to sit down and interview one person, <laughs> then the second and person, reach out to you, then the third and, and person. And then somebody else is going to reach out to you while and be like, oh, I want to be interviewed too. And that's the biggest part, I think, that, that you have to get out of your head, right? As a, as a contractor, as a business owner, you have to take action oh, yeah. on your beliefs. You have to have those belief systems in place because when you're dealt with those difficult situations, when you have to either take the blame for something that went wrong and it could cost you thousands of dollars in, in, in that case, you don't shove it under the rug. You don't push it off on somebody else. You you take ownership, yeah. right? You take extreme ownership. And so, yeah, it's just some of the things that I've learned by starting businesses and knowing that this time around it's going to be different. That this time around I do have to take extreme ownership. That this time around I do have to focus on having that growth mindset. Oh yeah, well, every day. Um, I was going to ask you. If you, could, if you could go back in time and give yourself three pieces of, three pieces of advice, what would you tell yourself? Like um, being my age, 25, between 20 to 25. I think it's going to go back to number one on the list, and that's love. Love what you do. Love? Wow. Love what you do. Love what you do. And if you don't love what you do, then you're not going to be passionate enough to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and, and read the books and have the cup of coffee and get excited about it, right? So you have to love what you do. The next part is serving, right? So I wish I would have done a lot more serving when I was a kid. I didn't do enough. Because I think that servant mentality brings into um, the bigger picture of what you're trying to do, and that's build relationships with people, right? Yeah. When you can go out and provide value up front without expecting anything in return, that's how you're going to gain that relationship, gain that connection, gain that education um, that you otherwise wouldn't get, right? You were talking about it earlier about how you would ride along, how you said, hey, with a commercial uh, oh, roofing yeah, pro- guy, yeah. you know, it's just, I want to learn yeah. and I'm willing to do it for free yeah, because, no, yeah. like for because I want to serve at a higher level. Yeah, I would stay here, so I would work on like sometimes four or five hours, sometimes whenever, whenever I had school, and I would stay after hours with another project manager and I would study his notes. I would, I would look at what he's doing how he's giving his proposals, and I'd be like, hey, I think this would be a little bit better, so I would give little recommendations. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was committed in learning. At that time, I wasn't really gonna use it in the sense of like going out hustling, providing more jobs. I just wanted to know how to do it. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, just 
being there. Sometimes just showing up and being there is the best thing you can do. You know, I mean, that's that's how you also get opportunities. Uh, this one time I didn't want to go out and give up this homeowner. Um, um, this whole, uh, what was it, like an hour away, I just didn't want to go. I was just lazy. I was like, you know what, I don't really need to be there. It's an hour away. Probably won't miss me, blah, blah, blah. And it, it, was, it, it was just a repair. And then I, so I went. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to give my word, you know, blah, blah, blah. I showed up. This lady was blind. Blind. Oh, wow. Blind. And I showed up, and I was like, she was like, who is it? Oh, it's Rafael. Uh, can we look at your repair? So, oh, all right, Rafa. It's because I it's because I would refer to her by a realtor, um, and then she had told me, "Is like, hey, can you go help out this lady? She needs to get her roof, you know, uh, repaired and whatnot." And I was like, "Hey, I, I came to I'm see your repair and blind." And she said, "Oh no, yeah, get on it, and, and then just tell me what you see." And then I, I was trying to build rapport. I didn't know she was blind. And then I was like, "Hey, I think you have a flat." So, so I don't know if you noticed it. She was like, "Oh, really?" I hadn't noticed. I'm blind, and I was like, "Oh, shit. I was like, oh shit!" But like, like she was, she was, she was just being sarcastic. So then I get on the roof. It was a simple repair. I mean, I did it. Um, and then she started telling me how she wants to sell the house. She wants to move to uh, New Mexico because she can't live by herself anymore. She has somebody that comes and helps her here and there, um, but that she couldn't, she couldn't help herself anymore. Um, and then she was just telling me the story and what. And like, see, at that point, like, I was like, "Man, you know what? I was very like, so I didn't want to charge her." I was like, you know what, ma'am? Like, I'm not gonna charge you. It was a simple repair. She had like a little, like a part of the shingle had ripped apart and blown off, and I had extra weight with me. I was like, hey, I'm not gonna charge you at all. And she's like, oh no, it's fine. You know, please charge me. I was like, no. So then, so she didn't end up paying me. But a month later, her uh, friend had called me. Huge house, huge house, like humongous. It's like six bedrooms, three baths. Oh, wow. And she had recommended me to her. She had heard that, you know, I had helped her out, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, damn. So it, so it, so it just shows that if you give or if you show up with a positive mindset and you just, I don't know, you give without trying to expect something in return, it just comes to you. And it's pretty cool. Um, you know, she, she sold the house, moved already, and, and you know, she was, very, she was very happy that I helped her out. Um, she was on the budget and whatnot. But, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and just to wrap up on your question, like the love, the serve, and then the last part is caring. Oh, right? yeah. So that just yeah, like, that's connects that, it. Yeah, that, there that, you go. That connects it all. You know, it, you can love, you can serve, but if you don't care about about the people that you're serving, if you don't care about the business that you're running, um, so yeah, it's just like that. That's my advice to my younger self. That's my advice to kids in the classroom. If I were to go back into the classroom and teach ever again. Uh, that's that's exactly where I'd start. It would be on that foundation. It would be on that mindset, uh, love, serve, and care, and that's where it all starts. That's that's where your craftsmanship starts. That's where it's defined. No, oh, yeah. right. You know, when you start thinking about craftsmanship, you get your work as a carpenter, but you approach your work as a craftsman. Yeah, right. Everybody can be a carpenter. Everybody can pick up the hammer, yeah, hammer, and, hammer and nail. Right. <laughs> everybody can be a roofer. Jesus. But it's it's the craftsmanship. It's the craftsmanship that's going to get the word of mouth. Yeah. It's going to be the love, serve, and care that's going to get the recommendation. It's, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think, like looping back, it's it's capturing that, mm-hmm. right? It's capturing that experience, capturing that relationship, so that other people can see your character, right? When it comes down to it, people want to deal with people in business that they can trust. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's another big factor of what I what I would teach as well. Like, 
if you want to build trust and consideration with people, then you have to love, serve, and care. And uh, yeah, that's just that's that's what I'd give advice uh, to to anybody that's aspiring to start a business, anybody that's aspiring to start a family. Like these are not just frameworks and and, and mindsets that you take into business. This is this is something that you take into your relationships yeah. as well. And so for me, going back to my internal struggles, you know, was just the disconnection with my wife, not connecting with my wife um, when I had the opportunity to, not connecting and spending more time with my kids, dating my wife and kids, right? Um, you get complacent in life and you get into a, 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 a set routine and you forget how important it is to make those connections, uh, to build those relationships. You're, you're planting seeds every, every time that you serve somebody, that you have an opportunity to serve somebody, you're planting that seed in them, so. That's pretty cool. So how did you rebuild that relationship with your wife? Like, how did you go about it? Did you, I mean, just start talking to her more, or how did you transition from being down and under to being, hey, like, I'm, I, I, think, I think, I think, I think the biggest thing is just being completely honest. Like, when you're struggling internally, when you're facing your own depression, your own anxiety, and you're having to raise a kid and make connection with your wife and make the world go round, you know, per se, um, you know, you, you have to be real with yourself yeah. and you have to be real with them. And so in that moment, it was just speaking what was on my heart. Like, this is how I feel. This is how you make me feel. And we have all this baggage that we're carrying with us I think that we've got to move that. past. Yeah. That we've got to move past, you know, because I took the house away from her. You know, we, 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 we had a house. I was in a teaching and coaching career. We didn't have problems financially. Our credit was top notch, close to 800 points. Now it's 600. Oh, you, get, you, know, you know what I mean? Not bad. And, and, and filing bankruptcies. And that, that puts a lot of strain on the marriage. And... I know some marriages, <laughs> some marriages can crumple from that. Yeah, um, I'm fortunate enough. Uh, I, I started dating my wife back in high school, and I've made many mistakes. It's unconditional love that gets you through those times. And for me, it was like that's what she was longing. She was longing me to love her in the same way, right? Unconditionally for the mistakes that that we've both made. But yeah, it was just being real. You know, I was saying, hey, that, that, that hurts my feelings. Yeah. Um, when you talk about where we're at financially, or you, you know, you, you nitpick me on what I'm doing on, on the investment side. Like, I've not stopped investing our money mm -hmm. into these ideas that I have. And that's a, that's a sticking point with her. And so uh, it's just a real struggle. And, and I think it was a real struggle in the past because I didn't communicate where our financial means were going towards. And so, you know, when I was having to shut MVP local down, she was so unaware of all the credit card debt that I had put us in. Oh, shit. You know, 100, <laughs> 100, 100 something thousand dollars in credit card, uh, you know, uh, bills as, as well as loans, as well as investment capital for my dad. Um, she was unaware. And that really hit her. She was like, why didn't you tell me? You know, and so it's it's the trust factor. It goes back to the you trust. You trying to put it on yourself and just. I, I, I thought all the weight had to be going on my shoulders, yeah. and probably, I mean, probably if I would have communicated it with with my wife, it wouldn't be that she would have stopped me from pursuing what I believed in. 
she could have helped me through it. Mm -hmm. And we could have talked about it and we could have talked through it. And so that, that, that's just another piece of advice. If you're in a relationship or you're running a business, you have to communicate. You can't sh shove it under the rug. You, you have to talk about the difficult things, the hard things. You can't, you can't just let them skate past because that's the easy thing to do, right? It's just like, you know, you, you get in an argument with, with your wife, your business partner, you don't, you don't wait until the next morning to deal with it. You know <laughs> what I mean? You don't wait until the next morning to deal with it. You deal with it right then and there. And so, yeah, it was just one of the things that I've learned from. It's one of the things that I've struggled with, but it's one of the things that I'm overcoming on a daily basis. Why? Because I have frameworks now. Like before, I didn't understand and know how important belief systems were and mindsets were in approaching your daily routines. Oh yeah, so that's you, gotta, where, you gotta have a bulletproof mindset. That's, that's where I, I, I uh, created my system now, which is called Revive Five. And it reminds me on a daily basis to focus on my relationships, my routines. It focuses on the reflection that I need to have. And what I mean by reflection is I meditate, I visualize, what I want to accomplish that day, and hey, remember when <laughs> we did it back in college? No, it's it's it's, it's, it's not it, you know it's not that type of meditation for me. For me, it's it's uh, connected inner chakra. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can never like I I, I studied that, and I, I I just can never uh, relate to that type of meditation. My, my meditation is is uh, is visual affirmations. And so it's just visualizing what I see myself doing that day. And I, I look at that in a positive way and I go, who do I want to serve today? Who can I reach out to and build up? Who can I elevate, right? Oh, yeah. doubt. And so um, that's just a big part of my routines now. And then returning and reporting. If you're not tracking what you're doing and reviewing I, I what you're tracking, that, yeah. if you're not tracking what you're doing and reviewing what you're tracking, you're not making progress, right? It's because right now I'm in a position where I'm just like, Wait, 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 you know, next job, next job, next job, next job, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, so I think, I, you know, that's where I lack, you know, how do I keep track of that? Um, I mean, I have a planner full of notes and stuff, but yeah, I think a lot of guys my age probably have a hard time with that, where they're just trying to hustle, trying to hustle, trying to build, 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 and, you know, it's like, you work so hard, but you also like, you know, you, you put yourself in a ditch where like, you just dug yourself in there and you can't bring yourself out and the simplicity of it it goes back to the love surf and care right yeah exactly so when when you talk about my routines in the morning it's i i, I take time to invest back the love notes love notes right acts of kindness make sure that when my wife gets home she ain't doing the dishes and she ain't doing the laundry that's what i'm taking care of now that's not something that my generation or even my father's generation would even offer to do, right? Man, let me tell you, <laughs> oh my God. I bet you a lot of people that are Hispanics can relate to that too. Right. Like it's, yeah, it, it's a very, some, oh man, yeah. It's like, it's a pride deal. It, yeah. it goes back to See, pride, right? I, I, I don't want to put my dad like in a negative shout out. I don't like either. either because, I don't because of that. But my but, dad, when he gets oh, up. fuck. <laughs> when my dad gets up from, from the dinner table, he leaves his plate. He leaves his plate. Yeah. My my sister started getting onto my dad more about it. But then I started talking to another friend, and he was saying it's more of a, I don't know what he what did he say. It was like his way of like, 
his masculine. That's where he felt like I don't know. It's a safe place. Yeah. When you're at your house, you're you're in your safe area, you know. Yep. Um, and that's just the way that people grew up, or the way that they grew up, whether they were the guy is the head of the house, and the woman serves the guy. Um, me, I, my mom, early on, she said, "You better pick up your plate." So now I pick up everybody's plate, you know. Um, I try to do the dishes whenever I get home early. Sometimes I'm here late, you know, 9, 10 p.m., or I go out and work out late at night. Um, but I always try to serve. I mean, that's also something I learned from you as well, where I try to serve the people around me, whether it's my mom, my sister, my dad, my family, my coworkers, my friends, you know. Um, their yeah. whole psychology changes when you, you do that acts of kindness. You, yeah, you, 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 you. So that, that's, that's where the connection, like it, it all factors into what I was seeking. I had to build systems and frameworks that were going to connect me back with my wife. Well, you don't just, like, it, it has to happen brick by brick. Mm -hmm. You have to rebuild that trust <laughs> when, when you put, put yourself in debt and file bankruptcy. You have to rebuild that trust when, when, when you're not there showing up for your kids and, and your relationships. Yeah. And so that was, that was a big struggle for me, man. It was a big struggle. And it's something that I've learned to overcome because of my routines, because of me instilling something as simple as this, acts of love and acts of kindness, one a day for the people out. I love, for the people I work with, for the people that, uh, that are friends, that, are, that, that, are, that, that I have the opportunity to give back to, right? And that was just one way that I, I saw what I was doing and putting it through that lens and going, I'm not doing a damn thing for my family. You know, I'm not serving them the way I should. And it's not that I didn't want to, it's just that I didn't track what I did. It did I didn't make it a point to make sure that I was writing that stuff down, it that down, it was man. a part of my day. And, and, um, and so I struggled, man, I, I drifted. Um, you know, some people sedate, uh, I sedated. And to the point where I was just not connecting. And I think, I think that's what we're all struggling with, right? Somebody at some point is going to go through a situation where they're being business, life, relationships, where they're going to be disconnected with the people that mean the most to them. Yeah. And how do you get that connection back? How, how do you build that trust back? And I think the way you do that is just serving them. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and finding... it's hard because, I mean, work-life balance is very difficult, it's especially if you're very invested in what you do. If you're a business owner, I mean, you know, the stress that you take or a, or a contractor, you know, um, you get up early, you leave home late. I mean, you get up early, you get home late. Um, so it's one of those situations where it, 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 like, it goes back to your discipline as well, where you have a schedule, whether, you know, having Saturday, like a weekends where you don't go out and do jobs, you just focus on your family, take them out to eat, you take your kids to the soccer game or the football game. Um, so I feel like I'm taking note of that early on. So when I do have my family, I, I can put that into practice. Exactly. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our interview. We could probably talk ah, through. <laughs> we we could probably talk for hours. I appreciate the opportunity, man. I really oh, yeah. do. This is gonna be an awesome interview. Um, we'll have up. to do we'll have to do this again, man. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, five years from now, we'll see where I'm at. <laughs> Shit. Appreciate All it. Right, man. Man. All right, man. It was nice seeing you, brother. Yes, sir, Catch brother. you later. Right. Hit me up, Rafael Morales, John Red Industries, uh, 469-363-9649. So give a, give, a, give a little plug. You want to do a little bit of plug on, on John Rod Roofing? 
And it says right here in the background, it what does says it say? Best roofer in DFW. I didn't hear it. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, man. I mean, John Ryan Industries has been in business for 40 years. Uh, you know, we do roofing, siding, windows, commercial, solar. Um, I've been doing roofing since I was 10 years old, so I know roofing like that. Back of my hand. Um, what else? Yeah, I've just been in the family business, and we're here to serve you. So if you have any questions, call me up at 469-363-9649. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great day. <laughs>